Shalom, and welcome back to Heretics Standing at Sinai, a podcast for those in or adjacent to the Jewish community who are searching for a place to deepen their spirituality without sacrificing their rationality. I'm Rabbi J. Telrav, and each week we'll have a conversation about new ways to exist in the world as an intentional presence and ways of making our lives mean something. Whether you've been exploring Jewish spirituality for years, or this is your first time considering it, we're glad you're here. I'm joined this week by Marilyn Shapiro. A recent new member to Temple Sinai, Marilyn and I have had several conversations already about personal journeys and the distance that we've each come from where we began. She was raised in a traditional Jewish environment, and along the way, her spirituality has led her to look at the world differently. Last year, she took part in the non-dual Judaism circle that I led with Grant Callen, and it was really a pleasure to watch her comfort with the ideas that were presented in the texts that we used, and I got the distinct impression that perhaps even she was a bit surprised to find ideas that were so descriptive of her own beliefs right here at home in Judaism. And so, welcome, Marilyn. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm going to just begin by inviting you to respond to the same thing I, I've asked a few of your predecessors here on, uh, on Heretics Standing at Sinai, to just share a few thoughts about your own spiritual path and what you've been thinking about lately. Well, I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish home in Dayton, Ohio, and it uh, there were so many contradictions to everything. And while my sister was bat mitzvahed, I wasn't allowed to be bat mitzvahed, and I couldn't understand that. So I did go through confirmation, and um, and then I was in BBYO and all those uh, Jewish organizations. And in college, I was uh, I belonged to a havara. So did you ever have a chance to read from the Torah? Never. Oh my God. Never. Well, that's a a, a fabulous <laughs> thing to look forward to. If it's something you're open to, we can fix that. You know, I don't wear a talis, a talit. <laughs> I still talk old Hebrew. No, I do too in, in many ways. Yeah. Um, I don't wear a talis. Even though a lot of my my women cousins do, they've been bat mitzvahed. Um, I feel like I need to take a moment and clarify a, a, a very important um, uh, detail here for you. Okay. Um, you're using a common expression, I was not bat mitzvahed. Mm-hmm. And that's actually an incorrect use of the expression. A bat mitzvah is a person. And the person becomes bat mitzvah, mm-hmm. a daughter of the commandment or a bar mitzvah, the the morning they wake up on their 13th birthday. See, I never knew that. So you're not, you have no different status just because you weren't given the opportunity to lead the service. So there is no reason that you shouldn't wear a talit. Uh, there is no reason that it's not long since time for you to uh, be given that opportunity to take your rightful oh, that place. Makes me makes me want to cry. <laughs> really, it does, because uh, one of the things I was having, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of things in the circles, and especially the one with Rabbi Green. It was Rabbi Green, right? Art Green. Yep. Art Green. Mm-hmm, Art Green. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking, I don't know any of this, and I grew up Orthodox. Mm-hmm. 
God, Marilyn, you're putting your finger on something which is, for me, emerging as what I think is going to be the central mission of my rabbinate for the remainder of my life. Mm-hmm. And that is unlearning the community's upbringing. In other words, it's not because you were Orthodox. It's because a major tradition mm-hmm. doesn't have an easy ability to update its delivery in any kind of rapidity. Mm-hmm. And so, Reform, Conservative, Orthodox, we were all raised with a delivery of information mm-hmm. that doesn't match the modern moment, which is why I'm so enjoying Rami Shapiro, mm-hmm. because this rabbi is um, he's unabashed in saying um, it's it's all kind of silly that we take it so seriously. Right. He values the tradition enormously. Mm-hmm. But he wants to make sure that we see it for what it is and to use it for its highest and best without letting it obscure the truths that we know are right. He mm-hmm. talks about perennial wisdom. I went over this uh, in the first episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the, for me, the key element of perennial wisdom is that gut truth that we know experientially, regardless of what our rabbis or our professors or, or our parents told us, we know what's right what's true mm-hmm. and if we listen to that and we use our experience then we'll emerge with something much more sustainable and uh anti-fragile that won't be shaken mm-hmm. by the you know the ups and downs of life so why don't we do this why don't we um take a moment and mm-hmm. bring the listeners along with us so that they can uh they can be working on the same material that is in front of you and me mm-hmm. uh and we'll uh we'll we'll go from there we're going to get back into the fictional letters of Reb Yerachmiel writing to his fictional student, Aaron Herschel, uh, who's moved to the New World. And the title of this, uh, this chapter or this letter is, Who is a Jew? He writes, My dearest Aaron Herschel. He writes, My dearest Aaron Herschel, Have I ever thought about sailing to Palestine? Yes, I've dreamed about living in the Holy Land. I would visit the burial places of our ancient mothers and fathers. I would pray at the graves of our teachers. I would let the past infuse me with its spirit. But my work is here with my students. I share your letters with them and also my responses. They're more interested in your adventures than in my teaching. This we can get any time, they tell me. But America is something else entirely. They imagine themselves selling horses, as you do now. And they ask me to suggest to you that you pack books for sale on the backs of these horses so that you can sell wisdom along with the beasts. So, I pass it on. I myself have never ridden a horse, though as a child, I would imagine that I owned the horses of the Baal Shem Tov, those that could travel great distances in moments. Now that I'm old... I still believe in the horses of the Baal Shem Tov, but I no longer desire to be anywhere but here. Your last letter troubled me a little. It follows, naturally, from our discussion on what is Judaism, but you spoke of discord among Jews over all things. Who is a Jew? What is the confusion? And what prompts the question? Are Gentiles sneaking into Talitot and Tefillin? the uh, the prayer shawls and and, uh, phylacteries? Are they trying to pass themselves off as Jews? I'm sorry. I don't mean to make light of your question. Let me answer it honestly. 
to my mind, a Jew, is a person who identifies as a Jew, who makes Jewish culture his or her primary vehicle for celebration and meaning, who upholds the values of Torah, and who practices tikkun and teshuva. I'll take up each of these in turn, but first, let me reply to what you must be thinking as you read this paragraph. What about being born to a Jewish mother? For centuries, this has been the determining factor of who is a Jew. I don't mean to ignore it. I only question its value. Between you and me, and I think I will not share this with the others, what matters to me is not who your mother was, but what you yourself do. So, what if your mother is a Jew? So what if your mother is a devout and pious Jew? If you, yourself, ignore the Sabbath and the Torah, if you deny God and make no effort to be godly, in what meaningful way are you a Jew? It would be as if Fiva Lipschitz, the tailor's son, who sells firewood from his wagon, were to suddenly call himself a tailor and start sewing suits. The boy cannot count to ten, let alone measure a kaftan sleeve. I could imagine saying to him, Fievel, can you cut cloth well? No, he would tell me. Well, can you sew a straight stitch? No again, he would say. Tell me, can you hem a cuff or let out a pair of pants? No, for a third time. Then how is it you presume to call yourself a tailor? My mother is a tailor, so I am a tailor. Can you imagine such nonsense? And yet this is exactly what we're saying about being Jewish. Listen to me, Aaron Herschel. Bend near to this page as if I were about to whisper in your ear. It doesn't matter what your mother is or your father is. It matters who you are. And just so we're clear, I would rather you marry a Gentile who would live as a Jew than a Jew who lived as a Gentile. There, I said it. So, flog me. But what good is it if you marry a Jew and together you abandon Judaism? Will your children, they should be many, strong, healthy, and wise, will your children be good Jews if they're raised without Judaism? Yes, they will be Jews because their mother's blood is Jewish, but so what? They will be non-Jewish Jews, Gentiles who have Jewish ancestors. But if you marry a good woman who admires our faith and our ways and who's willing to learn and adapt and who will help you to raise children strong in Torah and their faith in God, then you've married well. And if she wished, I would swim to America and make her a Jew myself. And if she didn't wish... I would embrace your children as my own, Jews from a Jewish father raised in a Jewish home with Jewish hearts and Jewish heads. Yes, I think I will keep this just between the two of us. Too strong, maybe? Back to my definition. A Jew is four things. First, a Jew is a person who willingly identifies as a Jew. What kind of Jew is a person who says he's a Catholic? Should I count him in a minion? No. If you don't want to be known as a Jew, fine. I'm speaking in general, and not, of course, to you personally, my dear Herschela. And then, to my mind, you're not a Jew. 
Will the Cossacks care one whit about what you call yourself when they come charging in thirsty for Jewish blood? No, but I'm not a Cossack, and I will not let them define for me who is a Jew. So, they will kill a few Christians along with the Jews. I assure you they won't mind. Second, a Jew is a person who honors the joys and sorrows of life with the traditions of Judaism. When a boy is born, there should be a bris. When a daughter marries, there should be a chuppah and a ketubah. When there is a death, there should be shiva. These are examples, you understand. There's so much more to Judaism than these. But my point is that being a Jew means rooting your life in, though not necessarily regulating your life by, Jewish tradition. Third, a Jew is a person who upholds the values of Torah. What values? One God who created one world and one humanity and who demands that we treat each other Jew and Gentile, with the utmost respect as beings created in the image and likeness of God, and who placed us in a garden which we were to maintain. Fourth, a Jew is a person who practices tikkun and teshuva, a Jew who does not work to repair the rifts in the world, both inner and outer. This person is a poor Jew, a Jew who does not do teshuva, who does not attend to the present moment and engage it with godliness, this person, too, is a poor Jew. I will not set forth the details here of how to be a Jew. Indeed, I'm inclined to let people find their own way through mitzvot and halacha. But suffice it to say that as much as we call ourselves the chosen people, it is becoming more and more clear to me that if we are to mean anything at all in this world, we must become the choosing people. People who choose to live by the principles and practices of tikkun and teshuva, acting justly and compassionately toward all creatures and cultivating the awareness of all selves as a manifestation of God. My best to you and your horses. Shalom. Yeah, it's really powerful. It is really powerful. What struck you first? The idea of you need to inherit your Judaism from your mother. And um, I have stepchildren who are not Jewish because their mother wasn't Jewish. But yet they want me to do the traditions and, and all of the things that I do to help them understand their background. <laughs> So, and that was an important element that was introduced to the to the Reform Jewish world back in the late seventies. Uh, the idea of patrilineal descent. Really. And there's a there's a, a double standard here, uh -huh. which is this: uh, according to the Reform uh, responsa, uh, a Jew born to a Jewish father, and not a Jewish mother, is a Jew if they're raised with Jewish traditions to mm -hmm. the exclusion of others and uh, Jewish life cycle events and uh, Jewish traditions in the home, which is fabulous. And we practice. Uh, wholeheartedly here uh, Temple Sinai as a Reformed congregation proud of. Well, that shows you how out of it I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I think that um, if you do all those things, and we've had a couple of marriages in my family that have been like that, have been mixed marriages, but the women have done everything. They couldn't be better Jews, mm -hmm. but there's still some people that won't accept them in the family. Yeah. 
And it's really sad. Yeah. It's just very sad because I feel like I'm all for openness and to have acceptance of everyone. And I think that's one of the things that came away with after my surgery was that um, I wanted to live my life as a Jew, as a good Jew who was a moral and ethical person. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I guide myself now. And I feel like if someone is willing to take the step to become, to marry a, a Jew, and then the family re- does, doesn't really recognize them or reject them, mm-hmm. I think that's such a Shonda. Yeah. Yeah, when they do reject them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, there's been acceptance now, but, you know, for a long time, people just would not recognize it and they yeah. and no wonder people didn't you know their husbands or wives didn't come to synagogue every saturday because why should they go where they're going to get spit on really and in our progressive community it's even more pronounced because we raise our children with mm-hmm. universal human rights as a, a central value right. judge a person on the core of who they are and so then when our kids go out and they fall in love with good people who are not jewish uh to be disappointed in that is um, is really quite hypocritical. They're just doing exactly what we taught them to do, which is to see the good in everybody. Right. And so um, what you described is so common at Temple Sinai. We have so many families. Of our new families coming in, I bet it's approaching half where only one of the adults is Jewish. And I can't tell a distinction in one way from mm-hmm. the way that those kids are being raised from, uh, from the kids from a family with two Jewish adults. It's it's remarkable and and they're valued just as strongly here as uh, as everybody else. Well, and I mean that's one of the reasons why I like it here. Um, I've been I was on a very long search for a rabbi and a synagogue for a long time. And it was um, when I came here, everybody was so friendly and accepting and I knew I was here. I knew I was in the right place and I thought Yes, this is my home. These are people that I want to be around because they're kind. That's how I feel like people oh. should live their lives as oh. Jews. <laughs> um, how about the uh, the moment where Rebbe Rachmiel whispers to us, the reader, mm-hmm. because uh, he knows that in his context of a, of a Polish-Jewish dedal in the 1800s, mm-hmm. he can't say things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would rather you marry uh, a Gentile who lives like a Jew than a Jew who lives like a Gentile, uh, that I don't care who your chosen partner is. He can't say those things. because He's a heretic. Because he would be a heretic. <laughs> and the the definition of, of a heretic that we uh, we explored in the, in the intro episode is somebody who has a deeply thought through conviction mm-hmm. that might be at odds with the prevailing messages of your system. Right. And, you know, that to me just feels like something really precious. We might call it free speech in a, a secular context, mm-hmm. but the ability to stand up and say, this is what I believe. This is who I am. Take me or leave me. And I, I think that that's a really uh, closely held value. Well, for me personally, I think for progressive Judaism to say we don't need the um, authenticity of our more traditional brothers and sisters down the block. Um, if they if they want to f- join us in something, great. And if not, we're okay with, with stating what we know and believe to be true. Well, you're a hero. I mean, you know, the thing that I love about yoga is that it, it has very good 
um, explanations for things. And one of the things they say is, if you're a hero, you lead with an open heart, not with a sword, but with an open heart. And I think that is so important and so powerful to understand. Because, you know, oftentimes when I lead with my heart, I do win. It doesn't, I don't have to be in battle. I don't have to do blows with people. I, you know, so. So I love that. It makes me think of the Mishnah where, uh, where it asks the question, um, who's the, the, the hero, the, the brave one? Uh, and the answer is the one who can control urges. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that context, what I, what I hear is the urge to be um, uh, accepted, the, the ego saying, I need this, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to put that aside and open your heart, as mm-hmm. you're saying, is so beautiful. I think that's a really great description. And I, I've kind of embraced that um, as the years go on. I embrace things here and there. But, I mean, I am Jewish, and I do practice traditional um, holidays. And now I'm coming back to, to temple mm-hmm. or synagogue. synagogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm, it's... Um, my friends have even said, boy, it's really good you found these people <laughs> to be around. Because I was always questioning. So um, in the letter, clearly, um, what, I, what I hear brought up is the question of who is a Jew. Mm-hmm. And when I hear that question, it brings up a lot of different um, contexts. One is locally. If I convert somebody, is the Orthodox community down the block going to recognize that person now as a Jew because it was a reformed conversion. Or if we have someone in our community who was raised, as I said, through patrilineal descent, mm-hmm. um, is someone down the block whose son or daughter is falling in love with this person going to be okay with the marriage because according to the halacha, that individual is not Jewish. Mm-hmm. So there's one question about who is a Jew. Mm-hmm. A next question is when somebody, this has happened to me once or twice, somebody comes to me wanting to convert and doesn't understand the notion that there are two pieces to becoming a Jew. One is a sense of identity, which is what Rabbi Rachmiel emphasizes. If you feel you're a Jew and you act like a Jew, I see you as a Jew. That's number one. The other piece is citizenship. Uh, and I, I have to speak about this sometimes. I had a couple of converts say to me ahead of time, oh, I don't need a rabbi to tell me I'm a Jew. I feel I'm a Jew in my soul, mm-hmm. which is great. I love that. But if you want to be recognized by the community, you need to be granted citizenship. It's like somebody, right. you know, who was brought here without documentation, grows up in America and says, what do you mean I'm not American? Well, you don't have the paperwork that, you know, you haven't been granted citizenship. So we have this mechanism of a Beit Din, a board of rabbis who will sit in front of you and say, ah, we see here now that Plony is being granted citizenship. So now you have the, the identity of the soul and the citizenship of the peoplehood. There's another question there about who's a Jew. And the third one, which comes up a lot, has to do with Israel. Uh, Israel created this notion that everybody who's a Jew can be has the right of return, the ability to make immediate aliyah and become a citizen of the state. And fascinatingly, in, in uh, similar form to what Rabbi Yerachmiel did, when asking the question as a, as a Jewish state, who is a Jew? They decided to use the same criteria intentionally that the Nuremberg Laws used. Uh, if you have one Jewish grandparent, the Nazis felt that you were Jewish enough for the gas chambers. And so the, the new Israelis said, hey, listen, if you were Jewish enough for the gas chambers, you're Jewish enough to come to Israel. And 
Reb Yerachmiel in his time wouldn't have known from Nazis, but he knew Cossacks. And mm-hmm. so he's, he's emphasizing here yet another definition that is not his, but is imposed on us. Who is a Jew? And I just think that that question of who gets to define is really interesting. I, I guess there's a piece of me that's going back and, and um, revisiting the, that question of citizenship. Mm-hmm. If someone comes to me and says, I was not born a Jew, but in my soul, I've always known I'm a Jew. Do I need to go through a lengthy process of conversion? Mm-hmm. Or for a partner who is you know, married into a, uh, a Jewish family, um, if he's been practicing these traditions with his family for 20 years and now decides for all kinds of good reasons that he's ready to become a Jew or she's ready to become a Jew, do we need to go through a lengthy process or do we celebrate it and simply say, what do you mean? Of course you're a Jew. Right. Uh, there, there are some really interesting questions there. Right. And I think, you know, it's important for Jews as we dwindle in the world that we be inclusive as much as we can without totally selling our souls out. Um, yeah. That book you and I spent time with, Art Green's Radical yeah. Judaism, he begins to ask that question towards the end. And much like Yerachmiel, I feel like he's holding back because mm-hmm. he knows that it's just too soon. Mm-hmm. But he suggests this notion of a new Yisrael, yes. uh, you know, an expansive sense of anybody out there who's wrestling with the concept of God, who's reaching for the spirituality uh, of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a person, by the definition of wrestling with the concept of God, who could fit into the definition of Yisrael. Well, I remember the first time I heard the phrase Jewish goyim. Mm. And I thought, that just seems so unfair to me mm-hmm. and so mean. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be excluded because I didn't go to the right shul mm-hmm. or the right temple mm-hmm. or I didn't study. And um, I think as we delve into these complex issues, it's um, it's something that I feel even more steadfast about. Yeah, you know, that's all they care about. And Rabbi Rachmiel is saying it needs to be a lot more than that. And that's one of the secrets of survival for Judaism is the ability to uh, continue to evolve with, to, um, to uh, uh, move with mm-hmm. the times in response to new realities. One more topic before we, okay. uh, we okay. begin to close up. Okay. Uh, he introduced a concept that I just loved. He suggests that rather than being proud of and emphasizing the, the fact that we are the chosen people, mm-hmm. maybe we should be talking about ourselves instead as the choosing people. Yes. I I love that. that. Tell me what what struck you. Uh, Just because I think saying you're the chosen people is so arrogant and that's just so against my, the way I think about things. Um, I would think arrogance uh, brings brings downfall, really. Anytime that I've seen people become really arrogant, it's just like that's the death blow. Um, And um, I like the idea of choosing it because I did choose. I mean, eventually I did get to choose, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I did. And it's made me stronger as a Jew yeah. than... In his book, um, The Dignity of Difference, mm-hmm. Rabbi Sachs, who is a traditional Jew and doesn't want to give up the idea of being the chosen people, mm-hmm. uh, he explains it in this way. He says, well, every different people is chosen for its mm-hmm. own responsibility, its own role. The Jewish people were chosen for the task of bringing Torah into the world, uh, but it's not hierarchical. It's not a you know mm-hmm. a, 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 an arrogance that comes mm-hmm. with it. And I think that that's um, 
it's an apologetic. It's a, an explanation to try to disarm any other kind of visceral knee-jerk reaction because uh, it's hard not to take the chosen people as arrogant and hierarchical. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a, you know, a truth out there these days that, um, that all of us are Jews by choice. In a world where we get to choose to express or closet ourselves as Jews, we could go out there and live the remainder of our lives um, and never acknowledge or exercise the Jewishness. Mm -hmm. Anybody who chooses to do so is a choosing person. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we're all Jews by choice, which is an expression usually saved for those who are becoming Jewish as converts. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a fabulous acknowledgement. I think it's wonderful mm-hmm. to be able to say you are choosing this and this is how you're going to live your life. Yeah. It's very powerful. Oh, what a lot to think about. I, um, <laughs> I really think this might be my favorite of all the letters in the book. Yeah. Uh, we may have to return to this one from time to time. Okay. I'm really glad that all of you out there have spent this time with us. You can click below for a transcript of today's conversation, where you'll also find links to all the materials that I've mentioned. Each week, I'm going to be leaving you with something to think about so that your time with us next week is built on an idea that you've already had time to process and been working on. So here's your homework to ponder this, uh, this week. The question is, what is God? What were you told about God from your childhood? What have you changed in your thinking about God and what do you do with that word, that concept, or energy today? If you enjoyed this episode and you want to be notified about new ones as they come out, you can click on the subscribe button and be sure to share this uh, podcast with someone that you know that will uh, enjoy exploring their spirituality too. I want to thank Marilyn Shapiro for joining me this week. Thank you. And until next time, all of you heretics out there, stand proud. Mm -hmm.